you know, and then what was it a couple of years ago when um, Manfred, the commissioner there, was kind of kind of bad mouthing a little bit that he's just not a marketable guy. Mm-hmm. Like this is exactly the guy you need, especially now yeah, exactly. with all of this scandal going on with the cheating stuff with the Astros and all that. He's the guy you want to be the face of it. He's the guy you want out front. You know, that's uh, he, he works hard. He plays hard. He's part of his community. So what if he's not out there being flashy? Yeah. So what if he's not the guy that, you know, is going to go out there and, and uh, sell all your products for you? That's not what you need. You need him to sell baseball. And he's probably one of the best ambassadors for that. Yeah, this is oh, okay. Jeff Barnes on this podcast for the Angels. Angels, uh, part of our 30 teams on 30 pods. So, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Talk yeah, some- my pleasure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we were finally able to figure out a good time for it because, you know, we tried to do it a couple times, but ended up you know, having to push it off. Yeah, between, I guess you weren't feeling well that one time. And then, of course, uh, last week was was a cruddy week all the way around for just yeah. trying to think of trying to think of sports in general. Yeah, I couldn't focus at all when I when that happened. Well, you know, I I knew too because you had said something about maybe Friday, yeah. and uh, I thought, well, that's probably not going to happen. And then I saw your your tweet, uh, you know, um, uh, toasting uh, Kobe, mm-hmm. and I assume you were probably watching the opening. Um, the uh, of the the Lakers Blazers game when they uh, the yeah. tribute to him that night. Yeah, I was watching that game. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't even think about it. I figured, well, that's that's more important at this moment, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, living here in LA, it was easy to you know easy to 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 do that just to be in that moment. Did you like go see any like the like the mural outside the stadium all that and all that right now? I haven't. I haven't been over to. Uh, I've been near Staples, but I haven't really been at Staples. Um, I have seen today. I was driving down the street and, and uh, saw a couple of different places in different parts of LA that uh, they're starting murals. You know, painting the side of their their building or whatever uh, with Kobe stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, we're going to see that for, for, you know, there's going to be a lot more places to do that. And LA is a, is a, a city that's got a lot of different things. You go to different parts of town. Um, there's stuff, you know, painting. In fact, today I was driving over by Dodger stadium and there was, uh, a, uh, uh, you know, there's a, a mural up on the wall of Fernando Valenzuela that uh, you know I always think about it because I always remember when he came up um, when I go by it so pretty cool yeah definitely that's that's awesome that's some of the like the the murals that the people made of Kobe and like Gigi they were they're like really they were really good like some of these people are really talented yeah I um that one, what is it? I think it's at Pickford Market. Um, I was looking at that the other day, thinking if I'm in that area, I got to stop by. 
the market's like not on a main street, it's kind of off like a block or two. Um, one that they put up that's that uh, they did right away that uh, that came up like a couple of night, couple of days after, and uh, that one was pretty good. Bono, sorry, but, uh, oh yeah, it's gonna happen soon, it's gonna happen soon, and then uh. You know, it's like, all right, well, that's what they've been saying for a week. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was just like a bomb dropped. Yeah, all that out there. And, shoot, if that's really all that happened, the Dodgers got away with uh, murder here. Only happened to give up, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, two outfielders and an and an older pitcher really in the big picture to get uh, to get Mookie and Price. Yeah, they're going to be – they pretty much have a, like, easy path to – like, maybe – I wouldn't say World Series, but at least the NLCS because I could still see the Phillies be putting up a contest. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, both the, the Phillies, you know, you still have the East to get through and – the central is always tough, so and the Reds have been pushing to get better. So, who knows? But yeah, no, I mean they they they're going to win the West, even if they hadn't made this trade. They were going they were going to win the West. Yeah, they're going to win it by like August. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, I mean the Padres and Diamondbacks are they're going to be on the rise, but they still have a couple years. They still have at least a year left until they're. Yeah. Don't uh, don't be surprised if the if the Padres screw that up, though. right? Seems and the like, Diamondbacks for that matter. Yeah, it seems like they always screw something up. Yep. But yeah, that's and then the other thing was uh, you guys got uh, Jack Peterson for who was it? Uh, Renhifo. Yeah, Luis Ren Renhifo. Yeah, Renhifo. Ren, yeah. Ren yeah, which I forgot it was a silent. Yeah. I um, I mean, you know, of of everybody, uh, Renhifo was uh, was pretty solid last year, filling in after Listella went down. Mm-hmm. So, be- between him and um, between him and Fletcher, they kept the uh, uh, you know one of them filling in for for Listella and the other one for for Simmons when he was out. Right. Um, Helped out a lot. Fletcher played a lot of third base. So, I mean, don't need that now, but. Yeah. It, it seems like the, I don't know, the Angels seem like they're trying to, you know, hit their way into the playoffs because they're pitching. They haven't really done anything with the pitching, but. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. They got, well, they got yeah. Dylan Bundy, Cy Young candidate. No. <laughs> No, I think the uh, it's you know it's Julio Tehran. You know that's yeah. that was the major pickup. Yeah. I think um, I think this year probably it's going to be um, more of that uh, instead of like last year where we just had you know um, picked up Harvey and Cahill and hoped that they would eat up innings. Right. Um, this year, they still did that with Bundy, Tehran, and uh, who else did they get? 
Um, I think they're going to just try to throw a lot of pitchers mm -hmm. uh, at the problem um, and hope that somebody sticks and, you know, it, it comes together. Because that's this is kind of where we were last year. We had a, a fairly solid um, offense overall, you know, um, had uh, um, what's his name? Um, just uh. out of my head. Um, well, with all of the um, all of the injuries we had last year. You know, had we uh, upped him, had we not lost him right away, okay. yeah. that might have been, you know, and as, as as bullpens go, we had a pretty decent bullpen overall. Problem was, those guys had to carry everything. Right. So that, you know, that was an issue that, you know, just wore out the bullpen. And then, you know, we're throwing you know, how many different uh, kids at the, at the problem last year, you know, pulling up, mm -hmm. you know, guys who had barely started double a, and now they're already starting, you know, at, for the big team. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, what's his name? Jose Suarez, you know, he may be great someday, but my concern is, is that, uh, the beating he took coming up, he had maybe one good outing here half of a good outing there but that's that may have taken a, uh, a toll on him you know he just didn't have anybody mm -hmm. so that's that'll be the big thing to see you know how all that plays out how you know otani will be back right so that helps and, yeah i think that'll be a big help for you guys for because that's that's pretty kind of like almost a acquisition of itself with him being able to pitch again yeah that'll be uh that'll be good with him um what's his face that we got matt andrews we picked him up oh, yeah. and you know and he can be a starter or a, or a reliever we'll have to wait and see what happens there you know how things shake out in spring training but you know it's you know i think we we uh, invited four non-roster people to the uh to spring training um and you know four pitchers four starter potential starters and four um relievers mm -hmm. so eight total player pitchers yeah i think that one's uh griffin canning's gonna be good i think yeah, I think I think Griffin Canning has the potential to be there, and he pitched overall. He pitched pretty well last season. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of all the the minor leaguers that get called up, um, he was the one that was most ready. Uh, he was he was able to come in and and pitch well, uh, and and you know work through some issues, uh, and uh, and work himself out of a couple of problems. Which is good that because uh, that wasn't really um, Osmus's thing last year. Osmus was um, Osmus didn't really like to let anybody pitch out of problems, you know. And as soon as they had a problem, which 
is what happens in the minors anyway. You know, these guys don't learn how to pitch out of problems. Once they hit 75 pitches or whatever their pitch count is, but it's usually lower they didn't like the hundred we see, you know, in the, in the majors, they, um, um, they just yank them. They don't, they don't let them learn how to really pitch. So, and I think that was part of like what the angels issue was, was that they just didn't have anybody that was ready to go that, you know, to, to move up. And uh, and really contribute other than like Griffin Cannon, Patrick Sandoval was okay, except that he wasn't very good when he started. He always needed an opener. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that's true. <laughs> so you know, it's like we need people that can go in there, and you know, the days of old of Nolan Ryan and Frank yeah. Tanana and those guys that they started games and you know, sixteenth inning they were finishing them. You know, throwing, what was I just saw the other day, Nolan Ryan, um, you know, throwing a 13-inning game and 278 pitches and facing 50-some-odd batters. Wow. That's why he was always my favorite growing up. Because he just, you know, threw the ball hard and he could throw forever. And, you know, I mean, he's he's an anomaly compared to a lot of guys. But Frank Tanana could do that just about the same, you know. Yeah, I'm hoping they can get some good pitching this year. That's I want to. I need to see Trout in the playoffs, like we all do, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, it'd be nice. Like that's yeah, a, wasting the talent of a best player in the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's he's uh, you know he's that he's that guy. He's out there, um, you know, honestly. You know, when you watch the way he works and the way he goes about things, um, kind of like your your uh, your idol there, uh, Mamba, he's got he's yeah. I don't think he's got that same like you know my uh, same focus necessarily that you know I can close he can close everything else off, um, but he but he may he's just he's just a you know he's a good guy he's a humble guy he's you know. He's right. out there, you know, just like, you know, you heard stories about Kobe. He is out there, you know, going wherever he can to, you know, to do things for kids. He signs autographs for hours, you know, he's, you know, and then what was it uh, a couple of years ago when um, Manfred, the uh, commissioner there was kind of, kind of bad mouthing a little bit that he's just not a marketable guy. Like this is exactly the guy you need, especially now with all of this scandal going on with the cheating stuff with the Astros and all that. He's the guy you want to be the face of it. He's the guy you want out front. You know, that's uh, he, he works hard. He plays hard. He's part of his community. So what if he's not out there being flashy? So what if he's not the guy that, you know, is going to go out there and, and uh, sell all your products for you? That's not what you need. You need him to sell baseball, and he's probably one of the best ambassadors for that. Definitely, yeah. It's on this podcast before we've talked a lot about like how like baseball has kind of like a marketing problem. They don't do they don't even market their players enough. Like 
I remember saying one time where if somebody saw Mike Trout like out in the street, like not many people were even to recognize him, which is terrible. Right, unless you're unless you're a fan, yeah, and you really knew, you know, um, then uh, yeah, he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't get that. Any, you know, for the for the kind of guy that he is, he plays in the right place. Yeah. You know, there's some people that, you know, they need to play someplace flashy. You know, they need to play someplace where there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, it's like. If ever there was a place for Reggie Jackson, Jackson, it was the Yankees. Right. He was that kind of guy. Mike Trout, even though he could have gone and played and, and and done a good job there or Philly or whatever, he's just low-key enough that Anaheim's the perfect place for him. Orange County, you know, is a place for him to go and just kind of hang out and fly under the radar, as it were. Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of guys that are more like that too. Like that, you know, if they went to the Yankees, they, I mean, I, obviously, I think if Trout went to the Yankees, he wouldn't he wouldn't have a problem with the big lights either. But like those guys that go there, go to like go to the Yankees and then struggle because of the they can't handle it. Yeah, yeah, you see that all the time where guys go someplace. You know, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, I don't think he's going to have a problem, but we'll see what happens with like Garrett Cole coming up this uh, this year. You know, what's it going to be like when he's pitching in Yankee Stadium and he's pitching on the team he loved growing up? Um, you know, that's going to be interesting. I mean, we saw like back in the day when Daryl Strawberry and Eric Davis, both LA kids, came back to, and played for the Dodgers. Um, I mean, they played okay. But they didn't. They didn't get where, you know, they didn't maintain what they had been doing yeah. um, when they were with the Reds or the Mets. Coming back home changed them. And you know, I mean, playing with the Mets is one thing. You're still in the shadow of the Yankees, but mm-hmm. you know, they they played better in those locations, and they came here with a little more scrutiny. Especially it's like, oh, you've come home. Yeah, they didn't really didn't really stand up uh you know their body of work fell off after they got they got there what are you expecting from the angels this year you think they got a shot at the playoffs i yeah i think i think they can uh they can get to the wild card i think that the um the angels you know they had played i mean if you're going to look at like last year we can't go anywhere really but up. And last year was, was you know, a really weird year. Um, you know, we and, – and, but I think I saw in flashes, with the exception of the pitching, um, what could happen, even with some of the pitchers, right. that, uh, you know, we, we had a chance – you know, last year, I don't think that – I think even if they'd have played, um, you know, if they had caught fire um, and been able to kind of keep it going for a, a, a little longer, um, they still would have ended up being third behind the Astros and the A's. Um, that was just – that was just the way it was last year. You know, sometimes that happens. It's like, you know, figure the year before – 
the uh, the Red Sox, you know, came out of the gate at a million miles an hour, and they really never slowed down. And that kind of happened between, you know, with the other teams uh, there. And the Angels just played too unevenly. Um, and I don't think that I don't think they had the right. They had the right. I don't think they had the right leadership. Um, Brad Osmus, you know, uh, I still think he's a, you know, a manager. He might be a bench coach. He may even, you know, a good guy to have, you know, in in one of these new positions that have been popping up with, uh, you know, analytic director of analytics or something like that. Um, but I never, I never really thought much of him, and. You know, but even with that, and then of course, you know, the one pitcher that I had started to get some confidence in last year, which was Tyler Skaggs. You wow. know, he, you know, he leaves us, and you know, <coughs> the uh, the Angels just weren't. Um, I mean, they, they, they. I think if they'd had better pitching coming out of everything that little run they went on right after would have probably, they probably could have maintained, but then, you know, the wheels fell off the bus completely as the year went on. Um, you know, when you pin all your hopes on Dylan Peters um, and, you know, I, I, I think he might develop into something, but when, you know, you've got to count on a guy who's, uh, Twitter handle is Dilly Pickles. It doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. No. Um, so this year, I think, you know, starting number one is, you know, we have we have a new manager uh, who's proven he can win, and has proven he could be part of a winning formula right there in Anaheim because Joe Madden was the bench coach of the 2002 team. Um, so that's one thing he's, you know, and he's built up a lot between Tampa Bay and Chicago. Um, Mickey Calloway, who was also part of that 2002 team as a pitcher, um, you know, comes in as the pitching coach. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen there, but it's it's new blood in the management ranks. Um, I think the only uh, besides. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gallego, uh, who stayed on as the bench coach, moving from the third base coach um, to the bench coach, and uh, Jose Molina, who's still you know the catching coach. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else is new, and so you know you've got a breath of fresh air in there, based off of last year, where there was just a lot of people trying to do brand new things which may very well work had they had the time to spend and implement and build up from but i think Artie marino is just like no i want to win now and i know billy epler wants to get something going because i don't think he's i don't think he's uh the gm next year if they don't at least get um close yeah definitely you know, to the thing, you know, and I mean, honestly, when you look at like the difference between, you know, this year we're, we're, we're walking in 
knowing that Shohei Otani is going to play. Um, we know that uh, we've got Anthony Rendon now. You know, we've got one of the best managers in baseball. Um, you know, obviously we have the best player in baseball, uh, at least arguably anyway, and Mike Trout. Uh, now, I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but now we uh, we have Jock Peterson. Right. Um, so, and we know what he can do, at least against uh, right-handed pitching. The question is, can he start hitting left-handed pitching? And even if he can't, we still have Brian Goodwin, who was solid last year. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's going to make any difference, but, you know, Brian Goodwin and Anthony Rendon played together in, with the Nationals a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, we got Upton's back and hopefully fully healthy. Um, David Fletcher, who showed in his sophomore season that he's, you know, he's a, he's a solid utility guy. And if, if, if we've learned anything from like the Dodgers, learn that having a few, a couple of those utility guys like they have comes in handy. Somebody that you can plug into any spot. Um, and then Tommy Lastella, who was an all-star, until uh, he broke his leg there, um, coming back. Hopefully, he can have that same kind of same kind of season. He's a guy that uh, played with Joe Madden when he was in Chicago. Um, the The question now will be, um, you know, and what's kind of odd is last year was pretty much, um, you know, here we've got all these injuries all over the place. Um, Andrelton Simmons went down, you know, uh, for quite a while. Uh, it took him a while to get back. Uh, you know, he's one of the best shortstops in the game. So we, we've got, you know, we've got that. But last year was, I think, the first season since he's been here that he didn't have issues, and that was Albert Pauls. Um, You know, he still didn't put up his, you know, uh, St. Louis numbers. But like we've seen here in Anaheim a lot, um, we get to see all the history made. You know, Rod Carew got his 3,000 hit here. Um, you know, how many how many uh, um, Hall of Famers uh, went through? You know, Reggie Jackson was an angel at one time. Frank Robinson was an angel at one time. Um, you know, we had all those guys. So we've seen it. So we get to see, you know, a third of Albert's numbers have come in Anaheim. And... You know, he's he's trying to be the the Tom Brady of baseball. He's like, I'm going to finish out my uh, my contract, which is two more years. But the question will be is, can he play every day or as much as he did last year and put up decent numbers and anchor down first? Or is it going to be issues of the past? Um and the biggest question will be, who do we put in there? You know, we've got a couple of guys, Matt Thace, um, who he's got to get uh, he's got to get some time in, I guess. But uh, I'm not convinced he's he's the guy to take over. Um, Tommy Listella, I guess, can move to first if need be, from what I understand. Um, we've got a two way, another two way player in Jared Walsh, um, who could play some first. He can pitch. Um, you know, so I think, 
I think the Angels, <coughs> the the best that they can do is to is to not not worry about what the Astros are doing or the A's are doing or even the Rangers or anybody. Best thing they can do is just go out and play the best baseball they can play, um, make uh, adjustments, you know, as they go. Um, pitching wise. Um, they need to find the guys who can eat up the innings so that they're not blowing out the bullpen. Because the bullpen, like I said, last year and the year before, really, um, I think the year before it was first month of the of the season, um, the bullpen carried the team, and then the starters kind of picked it up after that. But our bullpen was shot by then because they'd been overworked in the first month of the season. And it kind of happened last year too. I mean, honestly, if you want to, you want to put a name to the whole season, it's Ada Alberto Mejia, who was released. I don't remember who he was released by, but we picked him up. He pitched for a little bit with us. We released him. Um, he uh, got picked up by St. Louis, pitched for them for about a week. They released him. And then we picked him up again. And, uh, you know, that was kind of like how the season was. It was like, we always needed a pitcher. We never had a pitcher. Um, this year, Dylan Bundy, who knows? Maybe not playing for the Orioles might, you know, and, and playing playing with a team that actually has – some talent and some possibilities uh, might help him, you know, and obviously that's always the key for any team is that can you support your pitchers? Can you get them to run support? Obviously, you know, this team has a lot of offense uh, right there, you know, Um, Otani, Trout, Rendon, um, Jock Peterson, you know, obviously can can hit the ball hard. Um, pull holes uh, can can uh, you know can definitely contribute to that. David Fletcher was was strong last year. Um, you know, if those guys can do that, and the starters, if Tehran can can do you know just be that solid guy that he's been in the past. Dylan Bundy can can you know he's not been great but like said some of his numbers what i looked at was like his whip i not remember what it was off the top of my head but his whip wasn't great and that to me was more indicative of of what uh what he could be than like his era or or that because you know some of those factors when you play for a really bad team who knows you know some of the stuff that can happen um so you know, I'm hoping that uh, with with better support, those guys can do that. Andres maybe be another guy. Um, hoping that Haney, who has been off and on um, through his career, can uh, you know he's he's one of those couple solid outings, then a and then a clunker, you know. And then um, you know, it always to me it seems like we're always. Um, the other thing that seems to define angel teams, especially the pitching staff, is that um, if you haven't had Tommy John surgery, 
you can't be on the angel pitching staff. And uh, that's hopefully I'm going to end now, but it seems like everybody, like we're going to get, um, I mean, he came back towards the end of the year, but out of the bullpen, um, Keenan Middleton, who previous year was surprising people. Last year he came back towards the end of the year, but, you know, there wasn't a lot happening and they weren't really throwing him in, you know, in too many high leverage situations. But if he can return to form after Tommy John surgery, um, he's another good piece to that uh, bullpen. Um, and then, um, you know, we've got uh, Robles, um, Blanco Caballo to close, and he seems to have the right attitude to, to do that. And, uh, you know, if he can continue to be strong with that, I think – I think we have solid pieces. We may, I think we're still another starter away. Um, but I think we have the bats that we, we need. And uh, like I said, we probably, we probably need at least one, we need at least one or maybe two solid starters. And maybe, you know, somebody will pop up. Maybe Griffin Canning will, will become that guy this, this year that, you know, we were seeing Tyler Skaggs become, um, you know, maybe Andrew Haney can finally get the strength of that. And and then we can hope that uh, that those veteran guys can anchor it all down. Um, so I see I see a potential playoff run. Um, I don't know if we'll see it this year. I think a lot of that has to do with what the A's do. Um, and I guess a little bit about what happens with the Astros, how they end up playing based off of, um, you know, this whole uh, cheating scandal stuff. Yeah. Um, how that affects them. Um, I think, I think though, the, the Angels have a really good, this would be the first year where I could say, well, you know, maybe the, Maybe the wild card could could come into play. I think they'll they'll definitely have a winning record. They were what 80, 82 last year, so they weren't far off. But you know, they I think I'm not sure that we pushed that far over the line. But I think we're we're better than 500 for sure. I can see 85 this year. Yeah, that's that seems reasonable. 88, 85 to 88, maybe. Um, you know, you get on the right run, uh, you know, a couple of uh, good series, uh, you know, especially during the summer, you keep everybody healthy. You know, that's the one thing that I think, you know, I always look back and, and of course, and, uh, you know, when your team wins a, wins a championship, until they win the next one, you always look back at the team that won and go, okay, well, what was it about this team? That reminds you, this team, you know, the current team reminds me of that team, you know. And um, I think the one thing that worked in 2002 for the Angels was that even though they didn't have any, like, real big names, um, you know, we just, we had a bunch of rookies and some, some you know, guys that, I mean, Scott Spezio was probably on the edge of being washed up anyway. Um and these guys all came together, but the biggest thing that they had was they got healthy all at the right time. 
and that allowed them to play out the rest of the uh, the season together and get get things going and and get on a run. And you remember that 2002 year was the year that uh, that the A's won like 20 in a row, and um, that was the uh, that was the season, the the Moneyball season from the movie uh, and the book. And you know when you when you you look at that, the the Angels kind of flew under the radar there, and but they all came together at the right time. And, you know, they got lucky that a lot of rookies came up. You know, that was the year of, of K-Rod um, that uh, um, Francisco Rodriguez came out of nowhere and the bullpen out of nowhere. John Lackey came up out of that as a rookie, and, you know. So, and then it was just the right mix. So I see this year that we have some of those things. We just... I think we just need a little more solid pitching. But if we can stay healthy all year, that will allow the continuity. And as you know, as we see um, in things that, um, well, like looking at the Lakers, the Laker team this year, there's a bunch of guys who are older guys. They've come together as a team. And the continuity when they're able to play together all the time. There's not a lot of guys out on injury, you know, for injury issues and things like that. It makes it easier for them to get into a flow and play. And I think that this is a team. Um, it seems like Anthony Rendon kind of fits in. He's kind of a low key guy. Trout's low key. There's nobody really over the top on that team. Um, they all are grinders. They go out there. They play hard. Um, and like I said, we could bring in the uh, the pitchers. If they can find at least just some middle-of-the-road consistency. And then um, the uh, um, – and then everybody can stay healthy or, you know, come together towards the end and be healthy to finish out the season um, strong. Um, I think – I think uh, the playoffs are not out of the question. Yeah, I think I agree with all that. And now, especially, I think the Red Sox are definitely going to be out of it. So that's that takes another that takes the team out. So yeah, I I don't, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Sox um, maybe traded Chris Sale at some point um, as well, since they got Price out of there and. I know they, they just wanted to clear out. I mean, those were two of their bigger, well, price especially. Um, Bet, you know, who knew, who knows what, uh, he was going to cost them a lot if he just stayed. Right. Um, so. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Johnny? Hey, what's going on? Hey. Yeah, so this is another guy from the, that does the podcast with me, Johnny. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, yeah, this is Jeff. Jeff? Yeah, Jeff. I'm just excited for baseball. I mean, oh, I'm, yeah. As much as I enjoyed uh, watching the Nationals beat the Astros, um, 
I, the minute that that last out was caught, I was sad. I was like, man, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, I mean, and, and I love football. I love basketball. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of all that. I follow it, but there's just something about baseball, you know, and, uh, you know, and I was a little happy that, uh, that it wasn't like last year, you know, the off season things happened a little quicker. Um, so that way when it kind of quieted down, we could kind of, and of course it makes it easier, you know, when your team does something in that time frame. So we signed Rendon, you know, reminding me, you know, back when we signed uh, Pujols and CJ Wilson that one year. Um, yeah. It's like, all right, if we don't do anything else, I'm good. You know, yeah. or, you know, if you're a fan of another team that doesn't do anything, you know, but this year it was like, okay, we got Rendon and then watching the Dodgers until today, there was nothing going on with the Dodgers, you know, uh, and and you're like, okay, so we got another year of Andrew Friedman uh, holding on to everything, and all right, we'll just win eight titles in a row for the National League West, or you oh. know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, obviously, uh, obviously he knew what he was doing. Kind of like uh, I was talking uh, earlier, or actually, I was talking to somebody the other day. Was like. I remember uh, when Kobe Bryant uh, was in the draft and, and they were talking about then Jerry West went to, to get him and being an a, uh, a Lakers fan since I was a kid, I was like, Kobe Bryant, come on, what? And then, uh, and uh, you know, what's the, what do we want this high school kid for? I'm sure. And it was like, no, Jerry West really thinks he's going to be something. He want, oh, Jerry said that. Okay. That's fine. I'm good with that. You know? And, uh, you know, it's the same, same thing with, uh, with baseball, you know, you look at it and you go, all right, Andrew, if you think that's going to be fine, you know, you've got a proven track record. Um, now if only I, we could do that with Billy Epler and say, okay, Billy. Yeah, that works. Yeah, well, we'll see what he gets done. I mean, we got, um, you know, my twins, we got Falvey and Levine in there and, you know, we won 100 games last year, only the second time in our franchise history. So that was great. Hired Baldelli, which was awesome, you know, and really took off last year. And I like the moves we made this year. Would I have liked to get, obviously, like you said, would have been great to get Cole or Strasburg or someone like that because we need the pitching. But that wasn't in the cards. I was hoping for Wheeler. That didn't work out because he wanted to stay close to his wife's family down by Philly in South Jersey. But I like the moves we've made. I love the Josh Donaldson signing. I, I was psyched about that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot oh. about him. And didn't, uh, didn't you guys get, was, uh, was Odorizzi your guys? He took the qualifying offer. Odorizzi. Yeah, right, right, right. We so, sent him a qualifying offer. He took the one-year deal. He's going to be making 17, I think it's 17.8 this year, or whatever the qualifying offer is. So he's got he took that for the one year deal. I think he wants to do a little better than he did last year and get that money. I mean, he's 29 going on 30. He pitches great this year. He'll get himself a nice four year, $20 million a year. You know, that yeah. he'll definitely get the contract. He's been solid his whole career. And he actually had one of his best seasons last year. So I'm, I'm excited for him to come back. You know, we have Jose Barrios, which is great. You know, now mm-hmm. getting Maeda, we signed Rich Hill. Who should be yeah. back in July? Pineda will come back off suspension in May. 
We got Julius Chassin, who we just signed to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. So we're filling, we filled out the rotation. Uh, a bunch of 30 somethings, but whatever. You know, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah but the, Chassin, fact man. Don- the fact that we got Donaldson was huge. Oh, yeah. No, that was that was something. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to see uh, Odorizzi uh, be available and maybe come out here. Um, but, you know, I was cool with it when, you know. And then I, I always forget about Chassin. He was an Angels pitcher for a while. Yep. And uh, and then who was he playing with? Milwaukee. Um, right. And then, you know, so every time I'd see him. Yeah, I see him a couple years yep. ago. Yeah. When they, uh, yeah, when they, uh, the playoffs, I, uh, I think I went to one of the game, one of the games, uh, uh, that was a regular season game, but I saw him pitch with them and I'd seen him pitch when he was with the angels. So. Hey, he's solid. I mean, I'm not, you know, well, he's, he's it's not, another one of those guys. Pitch, yeah, exactly. That's not, reader. I'm in the same boat you guys are <laughs> as far as that goes. We're a bunch of, you know, right. Although Barrios, but, I think, is going to take a step forward. And Odorisi's got something to prove to get that contract this year. So I like that, having those two that's, guys. That's what you need, that fire. And like yep. you said, Odorisi, that's the first guy I thought of was like, this is a guy that could become an ace. And whether he stays there or whether he goes someplace else and signs a long, longer-term deal, he's a guy who's, who's you know, got that fire to get, you know, uh, to get that uh, that big contract to get the money um and that's that's what you need you know that's a, yeah. like like dylan bundy you were talking about earlier i hope he's got that fire to prove hey i'm i i was worthy of that first round pick i am better than what uh than what i look like when i was with the orioles you know yeah, yeah. odorisi was smart too because if he would have not taken the qualifying offer and gone out in free agency, I mean, you look at how the how many starting pitchers were out there in free agency. Yeah. So he's competing with Strasburg and Cole and guys like that. Maybe he lasts until now before he's even signed. I mean, you know, yeah, Keuchel was out there, guys like that. So maybe he's looking at next year's free agent class and being like, ah, I might be, the, I might be the big fish in a small pond next year. So right. let me take seventeen and a half million this year. Won 100 games with these guys last year. Maybe we can make some noise again this year and do something. You know, as long as we don't have to play the damn Yankees in the playoffs again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so maybe, you know, that's probably what he's looking at. Alex is a Yankee. Well, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I know he, he is. I, um, <laughs> you know, but I think almost everybody's saying that this year. I hope we don't have to play the damn Yankees. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, if ever there's a team – I'm I'm uh, I got to go see my barber here soon, and he's a huge Yankees fan. And uh, he was like, he like last year, he was just talking about. He goes, think about what we have, and that doesn't include John Carlos Stanton, who's on the bench right now because he, you know, he was injured or whatever. He goes, can you imagine the luxury being John Carlos Stanton? And I'm just like, like you're killing me, dude. The luxury for us is, you know, uh, you know, one of the one of the relievers, Luke Bard, came in and pitched a solid eight after coming in to relieve at the second inning, you know, or the first inning. You know, that's that's our luxury. You you're you're like happy that uh, Giancarlo Stanton uh, can come in and pinch it. You know, the haves and the have-nots for sure. 
Yeah. It's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how the how the uh, Yankees, because, you know, if the Yankees don't run away with the American League, um, it's going to be a big disappointment, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, I think it, it will be, yeah. <laughs> well, how, and how do you feel now that the uh, the Red Sox are – are kind of, you know, thrown in the towel. Is it, is it still going to be, you know, huge uh, Yankees-Red Sox games, or is it going to be like, eh, all right, that's uh, we can count that in as 19 wins this season? Yeah, it's definitely not going to have the flair like it has in other years, but it's still be, I think they'll still be competitive. Yeah. Like they always are against us, so. I saw that uh, J.D. Martinez uh, tweeted, like, sad face or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's le- he's the only one left. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, now they're going to have to use this money to sign Devers. <coughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Or Devers, yeah. whatever, how you say his name. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to – well, they locked up Bogarts. Now that they got, they got rid of Betts. And Price's contract, well, half of it anyway. Supposedly, that's what John Heyman reported anyway, that the Dodgers are taking half his contract. Yeah, yeah. that's what I saw too. And I knew, I, I figured they would take at least half because they didn't give up, they didn't give up much. Mm-hmm. You know what no. I mean? They, they gave up Verdugo. <laughs> that was about it. Yeah, really, like, yeah. yeah. Really nothing like, you know. I mean, if you're going to take on all of Price's contract, if you're the Dodgers... I mean, if you if you're not going to pay their contract, you know, then you're well, going to wind up spending more as far as prospects go. If you're going to make the Red Sox mm-hmm. pay most of Price's contract, you're going to wind up having to pay it in prospects. And for the fact that they only gave up Verdugo and Maeda to get bets in Price, I well, they, they got the have. they got their prospect from from you guys from the Twins. Yeah. Well, the Red Sox got them. Yeah. Right? The Red Sox got them. Yeah. So I mean that's that's where that's where the Red Sox were okay with it, but I mean yeah. from that standpoint. But but yeah, I mean really, the Dodgers just I mean this was uh, for them this was like the dollar store deal. Mm. They didn't have to give up anything hardly. I mean Verdugo, you know I'm sad to see Verdugo go as far as that goes because the guy is just you know I mean his his energy level is huge, um, you know and he, he just he was a solid solid player, but. I think, you know, him going there, he has the potential to be, you know, a bigger star than he would have been here in L.A. Um, and, uh, you know, so you kind of kind of sad to see that go. But for what they for what they gave up, they gave up nobody, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Maeda kind of said that's a, that's my wife's. My wife is a huge Angels fan. Um, like I said, we go to a few Dodger games because we're so close. And Maeda is the only one that she really likes, um, so she was she was sad to, sad to see uh, him go. She just barely got a Maeda Dodgers T-shirt. So, but uh, and when I told her that, she was like, "Well, you know, at first I didn't see what was going on that it was it wasn't connected." And I thought, "Well, that'd be kind of cool if Maeda came to Anaheim." And she's like, "Oh, that would be perfect. Right, that'd right. My favorite down here, but." Mm-hmm. Now they you'll have look it up. Um, they probably have it on YouTube, but they do this thing at Dodger Stadium. It's called What's in the Box, and they'll have 
you know, a teddy bear or they'll put a bowl of spaghetti. You know, it's like those games you you play, you know, with the peeled grapes. Oh, that's eyeball kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Every time they would do something, they'd put something in there. Maeda was like jumping and hollering and he was the most entertaining to watch do that, which is what made her made him, uh, her love him so much because he was just so entertaining with being afraid of what was in the box. It's like it's just a little stuffed bear. <laughs> I like Maeda. I mean, I like oh, yeah, the fact. He's... I like the fact that he's going to be able to slot into rotation, you know, and then waiting for Pineda and Hill to come back, you know, and stuff like that. But he can also come out of the bullpen. You know, he's versatile that way. Cheap yeah. too. I I looked at his contract. I was like, wow, I love that. I mean, he's got four years left, and he we're only going to be paying him twelve and a half million. Yeah, no, he's hey, he's, he's he's definitely yeah. a bargain. I'll take it. That's the thing with Gratterall. I like Gratterall. I mean, he's got the potential. He's got a, a real high ceiling. The guy throws a hundred miles an hour, you know, and everything like that. I just personally looking at him and kind of looking at what he's all about. I personally see him, him being a reliever going forward. I'm sure the the Sox are going to try to keep him in the rotation and see what he does. I just don't think he has the secondary stuff. He's got great fastball, no doubt. You know, and um, yeah. But his his off speed stuff is a work in progress, and I just don't know if he's going to last as a starter. But but who knows? <laughs> you know, he could prove yeah, me I wrong. Don't, I, I uh, think I think he. You know, that's the one thing you know with with pitchers is like. Uh, you know, if you've only got one good solid pitch, um, starting's probably not not the thing for you. Um, yeah. You know, if you can't, and, and you know how it, you know it's odd, but how many how many pitchers out there have a great fastball, but they have mediocre breaking stuff and they don't have a changeup, um, right. and and they don't realize that by having a changeup, um, you probably can keep that starting job. You know, you don't need to have three solid pitches, but you do need to have a solid pitch uh, changeup if you're going to throw the fastball a lot. And uh, and that's, you know, there's a lot of those guys, you know, to me, to me, if it was me, I'd be happy with whatever. You know what? You think I'm going to be better in the bullpen? All right, I'll go to the pen. Still paying yeah. me the same amount of money, whether I pitch, you know, or now pitch three batters or, or uh, out of the end, you know, I get you out of the inning. I, I still make the same amount of money, whether I uh, I pitch one inning or half an inning, and and uh, uh, or I pitch six. All the same to me. Yeah, job's so, still just yeah. That, <laughs> you know exactly. That's that's the well, bottom line, and that's the thing with some of these young guys is like I I'm good with it, you know having some of these young players, you want to see these guys come, you need these guys to come up. Um, but uh, you need, you need guys that are, are middle up veteran presence. Cause that's the guys that are going to win. Uh, you know, a team full of rookies, isn't going to win a, a, a world series title. Um, right. You want a little bit of that mix, but you know, that's, that's why I like when, when, you know, they say people are untouchable, you know, I'm, I would. I was willing to trade, you know, Joe Adele, for you know a solid, a solid, you know, a number one or a one A, uh, you know, pitcher. If we could do that, 
because we don't know what Joe Adele is going to do yet. And we don't right. really have an open space in the outfield for him. And he hasn't proven he can hit at triple A. You know, Brandon Marsh, another guy coming up. Great. But he, he's only at double A. We don't know what he's going to become. Right. You know, um, you look at it. What's uh, who was the kid? I think he was rookie of the year from the Astros this last year. Um, you're, you're Don Alvarez. Yeah. And uh, the Dodgers traded him. They signed him and they traded him. They didn't know what he was going to be. Um, you know, and sometimes it's like, what do you want? Now, unfortunately for them, they just got Josh Fields out of it. But, um, you know, you don't know what any of these guys are going to be. And the Dodgers have been lucky that they haven't traded away some of these young guys who have become, you know, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, um, Will Smith, uh, you know, uh, Walker Bueller. But until until you've got a better thing, you know, nobody knew Mike Trout was going to be Mike Trout until he came up and was Mike Trout. Um, right. You know, so and like, you know, some of the guys that we saw, you know, Luis Renifo. Luckily, when he when he came up, he felt he had something to prove when Tommy LaStella went down and uh, and played solid. You know, yeah. he wasn't he wasn't awesome, but he he showed he could play at the big league level. Right. Um, and he's still considered a, uh, a you know, a prospect. I'm just thinking about this trade now. So who do the Dodgers have in the outfield now? So they're going to put Bellinger in center. Now, without Verdugo, right. or Peterson, they have Bellinger in center, obviously bets in right. What do they what who do they have in the left? Pollock. Uh, yeah, Pollock. Oh, Pollock. I keep forgetting about him. Yeah, yeah right. most people most people do. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot I forgot they had him. Like he yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean the infield, I mean, I, I guess what they could do, because uh, they have Muncie too. I was just thinking of moving saying maybe they move Turner to first, Lux at Lux at short, Renifo at second, and move Seeger to third. But they still have Muncie. So he's right. Probably gonna, and Muncie, yeah. Muncie would probably play in, in that, like in the scenarios that they brought up of when they thought either Rendon might show up or, you know, there's still all that talk about Arenado. Is right. that, um, is that JT goes to first, um, and then Max moves to second. Right. Then Lux then to short, Seeger to Lux third. Lux to short or Seeger. Well, no, because you got Arenado at third if, if he was to yeah. come. Well, and then, and then yeah. you try to get what you do is is you try to flip Seager for a starter. Yep. Yeah. I think. You know, and that's that's what I was kind of hoping. You know, might see. You know, even with the Angels, it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna trade off a couple of these guys, we got to have a starter. And I was just looking at the Dodgers roster. I don't know who. Oh, you know who else the Dodgers could play and left is Chris Taylor. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. They still have him. I forgot. Unless, unless they flipped Alex Wood, who they just oh, picked they up again. Oh, they picked him up again? Oh, I thought he was still a yeah. free agent. No, they re-signed him. Um, so unless they did that, it'd be uh, Urias, maybe Ross Stripling, who could be a mm-hmm. starter. But that doesn't, you know, I mean, not that I would mind having Stripling, but he Stripling kind of becomes 
like we were talking about earlier, another one of those guys who can come in and just eat up a lot of innings. So he becomes, you know, we, we end up having three or four of the same guy with nobody right. being a number one starter. So we got Julio Tehran, great. We got Dylan Bundy, fine. Maybe um, Andres shows that he can be a, a solid uh, starter. And, of course, Shohei, I get right now, even with his limited body of work, Shohei's our ace. And yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm and not Heaney. I'm not comfortable that. Oh, and he, and Haney, yeah. yeah. I always, I like and and I I like him, but due to injury, and and he's been inconsistent. You know, coming back, and I and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with just he's injured. So by the time, you know, he's starting off okay. Then he gets injured. Then he's out for a while. And like any player, it takes him a little bit to get back in, especially with the pitchers, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, and that's what I, we were talking about earlier was that if we can get – if the Angels can stay healthy more than not, especially for the last half of the season, that opens the door for them to make a playoff run. Um, get uh, Mike Trout uh, another chance to actually be successful in the playoffs because he had a bad series, you know, the the first time he was in. Yeah. Uh, Certainly didn't look like, you know, the greatest player in the game. Um, But I'm sure um, just watching how he's played and matured over the years, um, I'm sure he, um, he will adapt and put on a show if he ever makes it back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's been the Angels' issue over the past probably five to ten years has been their pitcher's health. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether it's it's a catastrophe, like even Nick Adenhart back in the day or Tyler Skaggs last year or Garrett Richards, who looked like an ace in the making and he could never stay healthy. You know, through the Heaney... And then losing Shohei Otani to Tommy John surgery last year. It's a Schumacher. Remember Matt Schumacher? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's like a litany, a list of of injured or unfortunately deceased, you know, Angeles starters. Right. Like, it's ridiculous, like the type of bad luck they've had with this stuff. You know, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're right. And I forgot, I forgot about Shoemaker. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, he got that ball back and, and cracked his skull open, um, yeah. you know. And then I think he's retired now because he went somewhere else and then got injured again. He was um, with the Blue Jays, I, think, I believe. Yeah. Either last year or the year before. I believe he finished up with the Blue Jays, if I'm not mistaken. But I could be yeah, wrong it was, with that. Uh, it was last year because he was, he was yeah. with the Angels the year before. But, yeah, all those guys, they just they, they can't stay healthy. And like I, I was telling Alex earlier, it's like um, – it's a prerequisite, you know, it's like, have you, you know, you like when you're, when you, you, you're looking at a job and it'll say uh, either have this or have it within, you know, six months of getting the job. Um, Tommy John surgery is a prerequisite for something you have to have if you're going to be an angels uh, in the angels rotation. Yeah. Just about all. In fact, I think, um, I think when we got uh, traded for Dylan Bundy, that was the first thing I looked. Did he have Tommy John surgery yet? Oh, he's already had it. Great. 
we that way he won't need it once he's here. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, yeah. that's the thing. You know, you're 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 one hundred percent correct that that our our problem with the pitching staff has always been health. You know, and and then they take and and we'll have a, a solid solid set of relievers who get who look terrible because they're getting used every night pitching four or five innings a night because nobody can go past the second or third inning or like i mentioned him earlier but uh like patrick sandoval who can't start any of his own games um he can only finish them he needs an opener for all of them um and you know that's just not I, I, that's not, I'm not, that's not my style of baseball. The openers are just, you know, an opener is called a starter and he's going to get you, you know, I know nobody's doing complete games anymore, but at least six, seven innings. Yeah. Um, and then that way you can, you can use, we, you know, we've got some decent um, relievers. Um, like I said, uh, Keenan Middleton's coming back. Um, he came back at the end of last season, but he was solid the year before. See if he comes back strong after his Tommy John surgery. Um, you know, Cam Bedrosian was another guy who, you know, played, uh, who pitched pretty well, but these guys all got burnt out because they had to throw every day, just about. So, you know, if we can get yeah, to no. that. Then I think, you know, I think our, our you know, offensively, uh, you know, even defensively in the field, we have a solid team, you know. Um, Pull holes is still, you know, a solid first baseman. Um, you know, now with Rendon at third, that shorts that up. Uh, you know, one of the, the best uh, shortstops in the game in Andrelton Simmons. Um, you know, Simba, so that, that, that left side of the infield is solid. Shouldn't be anything going through there. And then whether we play David Fletcher or Tommy LaStella at second base, if Tommy Tommy LaStella comes back like he did last year, he's a, you know, he's an all-star at the beginning of the season. Um, so that, you know, broken leg, we're, we're pretty solid there. And then our outfield, now we've got Jock and, uh, Brian Goodwin, of course, Trout and uh, and Upton. Um, yeah, you know, the questions. I think too. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeling like, you know, overly excited about our catchers. Um, but uh, you know, Jason Castro's better than Max Stassi or or Anthony Bimboom. So, you know. Those guys, you know, spelling him every once in a while. And then maybe hopefully we can, you know, grab somebody else to, to come in. Maybe uh, Madden can convince uh, the Cubs to give up Wilson Contreras or something. You know? I'll tell you, man, I, I like Castro a lot. He's an excellent pitch framer, excellent defensive catcher, left-handed catcher, um, takes his walks. I mean, I'm a Twins fan. And he was on the Twins for the past three years. Now, of course, right. with the emergence of Mitch Garver last year and his improvement defensively, and obviously we're not going to pay Castro the $8 million a year that he wanted, you know, uh, was making the past few years. So, 
he was expendable yeah. as far as we were concerned. But I'm, oh, I always like Castro as a catcher. Oh, I mean, yeah, you he's, know, he's actually not to kill you at the bat. He's got a little pop. You know, with 100 games played behind the plate, he can hit you 12, 15 home runs. He'll take a walk, give you a nice 350 on base percentage. You know, he's solid, solid player. And that's, from that standpoint, that's exactly what we need. Somebody who can be, you know, who's defensively, who can handle the staff, especially mm-hmm. as unsure, uh, uh, you know, as we are of that staff. You know, sometimes that's the key right there, having a, a good catcher can help develop some of these guys um these younger guys into help them get some confidence and and be a little stronger and learn how to pitch out of uh problems and and uh you know and uh, and know that uh, they got support behind the plate and you know from that standpoint i'm with you i i didn't know a whole lot about him um Mm. i was like cool with him you know i mean compared to who was out there and obviously compared to who we had. Um, right, right. And, uh, and having, you know, I guess, you know, having, there, there's never been, you know, how many, there's been, there used to be a lot of great catchers who, uh, who could hit. I always kind of thought, you know, catchers should probably hit better than anybody because, you know, they got it. They know what, uh, what they would be calling for in different situations. So they should always know. They don't need somebody banging on a trash can or buzzing <laughs> them to tell them what's coming. They should know. But what yeah. I call in this case, but maybe that's why. Come. I mean, and and I know not all of them are going to be Johnny Bench or you know Yadi Molina or or you know uh, you know some of the great catchers uh, you know of the past who could hit you know for average and power, um, but uh, they should all be striving for that. Everybody, every catcher should strive to be Johnny Bench. Right. I always considered him the best catcher ever, but that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always loved Johnny Bench. Yeah. But, I mean, he that's was... why I think, honestly, if, if you look at – I really – I'm expecting a huge year out of Dylan Bundy, to be honest with you. I was talking about this. I think it might have been yesterday, Alex, when we were on the pod talking to Andrew about the A's. We were talking about some fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. And – uh I'm definitely figuring. I'm thinking big things from Dylan Bundy. Look, if he's healthy, he's got the pedigree. He was a first round pick. You got to remember, he's had some injuries with the Tommy John surgery, and look, look where he's played the past few years. Trying to come yeah, back see- with that defense and that ballpark in Baltimore. Now you get to throw to someone like a Jason Castro. You get a left side of the infield with Simmons and Rendon. You got an outfield that has Trout in center field. And you're pitching in a bigger ballpark, 27 years old, coming into his prime, knows how to pitch. I'm really expecting a big year out of Bundy. I think everything's pointing up for him. Well, I, I, I agree that, uh, that he should have a much better year. I'm, I'm hoping just like what you're saying, you know, your lips to God's ears. Because, you know, that's – and that was my thought when we got him was – and, you know, there was a lot of folks here across the board, especially on the Angels groups and that, that were all like – Oh, that was a great move. You know, we got Bunny. It's like, all right, well, you know, only one team could sign Garrett Cole, and obviously we weren't it, you know, and we didn't get these other guys. But Dylan Bundy is, is a solid choice. Um, you know, obviously we got to see what he can do in a, mm-hmm. in a better situation. 
But that was my thought process, like you said. He played for the Orioles. Right. Anybody's going to yeah. have bad numbers playing for the Orioles, you know. And and that's that's what I'm hoping, you know, just I want to see it out, see how he plays. Um, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, what he what he's been through, um, you know, just like Julio Tehran. There's a guy who's been solid. Um, and we don't need guys who are going to go out there and be – we don't necessarily need Garrett Cole. We just need guys who can go out there – and, and get people out the majority of the time to trust that their defense is going to take care of them and stay healthy. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, you know, like you said, Dylan Bundy could very well be poised to have, at least for him, best year of his career. Yeah, I mean, look at I mean, you look at the rotation. I mean, if Dylan Bundy takes that big step forward in the different situation, changes of scenery, and everything we just talked about, if Heaney can stay healthy and Otani bounces back, you guys got a nice one, two, three right there. Yeah, well, it's not bad. You know? And then you throw in Tehran, and uh, you know Griffin Canning showed flashes that he could mm-hmm. definitely be uh, a, a good, uh, you know, a good solid rotation piece. Yeah, I like Cannon, too. I keep forgetting you guys have Tehran. I never thought I'd see him in another uniform other than Atlanta. Guy seems like he's been around for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's only like right? 28 years old, but it seems like he's been around forever. He's, he's, he didn't play Little League. He came right into the brave system. <laughs> yeah, really. But, yeah, he's That's, a solid – I mean, he's a solid 180 to 200 inning guy every year. So, that's you know. Yeah, that's, that's the only – You haven't had – with the angels for the past 10 years. Right. Yeah. It's been, it's been too long since we've had guys that can do that. And uh, you know, and then having a few others, I think, you know, if we can, if we can avoid, I mean, the one part of it, and, and I keep looking at what's going is, is that last year we signed, we figured Skaggs, Haney, um, you know, would, would both be there. Uh, uh, who else was there that uh, we were looking at? Um, well, we had let Garrett Richards go, but, you know, when we looked at it, it was like, okay, well, Harvey, you know, you hoped Harvey was going to have a bounce back. I didn't really think so. Cahill, I thought was going to be better. And overall he threw more innings than any other pitcher last year. Um, but it wasn't until he ended up in the bullpen that he actually saw a little bit of success. Um, but it's like, how many guys are we going to have to throw out there? And I feel more confident this year that we have more guys um, to maybe pick up some of these innings than last year when we lost Skaggs. You know, how many guys went down to injury? Haney was in and out. Um, And, uh, you know, we're bringing in uh, Suarez from practically single A, double A. Um, He wasn't ready for that. And a lot of those young guys that we had to bring up because we had nobody else. Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, the Angels pitching uh, last year in just one name, Adalberto Ad, Ad Alberto Mejia, um, was, you know, released and reacquired twice, and we just re-released him back in January because we didn't have anybody. We needed whoever we could get, whether they were good or bad, didn't matter. You know, it's like. You know, they could have probably done that as a promotion. Hey, let's uh, let's send out, uh, 
tonight, if you're in seat, you know, section 65, seat three, uh, you know, you're nope. starting the game tonight. It's not just the first pitch. You're our starter. Yeah. Hopefully Feet you can go bull- six. <laughs> yeah. Report <laughs> to the bullpen. Yeah. Another Adelbert Mahia, another ex twin. Are you guys like these ex twins, I guess, huh? <laughs> hey, you know, it started when, uh, I mean, way back. Didn't we? Uh, in fact, I mentioned him earlier. The Angels have always had a lot of guys. I was talking about um, uh, Albert Pujols. But how many guys have come to the Angels and had, you know, their their uh, you know big, uh, big career moments here? Former twin, Rod Carew, three thousand hits as an Angel. Yep. You know, and it's like it doesn't yep. matter that he got two thousand nine hundred ninety nine in Minnesota. <laughs> he got three thousand in Anaheim. Well, I feel <laughs> the same way. There's a couple of twins like that. The same way as uh, Paul Molitor came home. To Minnesota, he's from Minnesota, and he got his three thousand hit with Minnesota, and then um, right. Dave, Dave Winfield, same thing. Oh, that's Dave right, Winfield, yeah. Minnesota, he played for San Diego and the Yankees all those years. Went to Toronto, yeah. was with Molitor actually when they won the World Dave. Series, and then Dave he was here. Three thousand hit, yeah, and then he wound up getting his three thousand hit also in Minnesota. So I, I feel it. I, I hear you. <laughs> you know, you just look at at you know some of the some teams. You know, you have some teams that just have they have solid players all through the years. They up and down the Angels, you know, I, honestly, it's even now, you know, the uh, they they didn't get Garrett Cole. I didn't figure Strasburg was coming, but we didn't get them. So Artie Marino's like, no, nah, I got to have something big this year. So we get Rendon. Did we need Rendon? Um, well, yes. you know. <laughs> you do from the standpoint of, you know, did we need him just like, hey, we, we got a gaping hole here? Well, no, we probably could have filled that up with like David Fletcher or whatever. However, you know, from from other standpoints, yeah, we need him, but they wanted to splash. Um, and and while he's going to fit in well here, um, you know, where's the pitching? That's what all anybody could think about. But right. when you look at the Angels, there's always been a big splash with the Angels. How many Hall of Famers at some point in their career came through the Angels? You know, I don't know how many. I'd have to go back and look at it all to see, you know, what the pure numbers are of Hall of Famers that played somewhere else. You know, Reggie Jackson was here. Nolan yep. Ryan was an Angel and should have retired an Angel. Um, you know, you you look, Frank Robinson was an Angel. Dave Winfield was an Angel. Rod Carew. Um you know, we had all these guys who were who were awesome that you remember when you say their names, you usually think, oh, yeah, he was uh, like Bobby Gritch. Oh, yeah, he was with the I was, Orioles. I was just going to mention him and he should be a Hall of Famer. I always love Bobby Gritch. Oh, Bobby. Bobby Gritch is awesome. But when I was younger, he was an Oriole. Then he was an yeah. angel. He was a great angel. But you look at all that stuff, how many guys that we got at the back end of their careers, um, you know, it's cool. Hey, Reggie Jackson almost killed the queen in the Naked Gun movie as an angel. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you know, we've had, I mean, we've had, you know, a lot of great guys. And, you know, Paul Hollis has put up a third of his career numbers that have happened here. So we got to see home run number 500. We got to see 600. We got to see him, you know, go over 2,000 RBIs, you know. Um, 
he's you know we 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 get to see all that stuff but we didn't get to see you know yeah, world well, series mvp albert yeah. Pohlholz. um but he's still you know he's still solid enough that uh provided you know this year you know i don't know who we'd replace him with uh you know as it stands now we'd have to go out there and and, and grab somebody you know, at this point, I think uh, I'd I'd be I'd be willing to go out and see what we could do to get Chris Bryant move him to first. But, yeah, I mean that would be huge. He'd have one of the best infields in the major leagues. You get Chris Bryant oh, yeah. to play first, and going at third, and you have the best. You have the best fielding shortstop in the game, and arguably, I wouldn't even say arguably, but probably top five all time at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, Simmons. With Simmons. And it's ridiculous with the, with the glove. Oh yeah, he's just he's on another level. He's on Ozzy Smith level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's he's just the the plays he makes. And you know, the sad part for him last year was was that you know the year before uh, he was one of our best hitters. You know, yeah. nobody yeah. else could hit. It was him and Trout. You know, last year he just he you know coming back off an injury, he was able to get back defensively. Uh, but the bat wasn't coming around, and you know that tends to be the the part that's the problem, you know, because you know you're going to go out there and take a thousand ground balls, but you're not going to always be in there hitting a thousand, you know. Yeah, well, I think that's the thing too, because even in the beginning of his career with the Braves, he was always incredible in the field. I think he's had to work at his hitting, you know. So when you're coming back from an injury. Fielding to him has always come naturally. The guy's just right. a wizard shortstop. But hitting, he's really had to work at and, and became a good hitter over the course of the years. But in the beginning with the Braves, he wasn't very good at all at the, at the plate. You know, he, he's really had to work at it. So like you said, when you come back from injury, you really have to, someone like him really has to work to get that timing back at the, at the plate to be a good hitter. Whereas defensively, you go out there and you, you hit him a few ground balls. He's back to like where he was, you know? Right. But that natural talent takes over when you come back from injury. And I, I think too, when you come back in, especially with the situation last year where, um, you know, you've just got a couple of guys hitting and, and he's, he's going to come back in. He wants to contribute. And so he's pressing more. <laughs> And it's, that's, that's counterproductive to trying to get back into a groove, you know? Um, and you know, not everybody's going to be able to hit like, like trout, you know, trout, trout adjust pitch by pitch. You may start him on something and you've just now told him, you know, he's, he's already adjusting to, you. um, you know, it, well, you're in the windup, uh, you know, not everybody can do that. And, yeah. uh, and and Simmons, I think a lot of it was he knew, and and you know these guys, the the, the real competitors, are going to go out there and they're going to push themselves um, hard to um, to contribute. They want to be. He's he's a leader on that team, being one of the veterans, and he's thinking, okay, well I I made that big play in the field that stopped that rally from happening. Now I need to go up and get something started here. And then he, you know, swings at a bad pitch and he's down and it's like, and then that gets in his head. So like you said, one comes naturally, you know, the other thing he's really got to, he's really got to push to make it happen. Right. He's got to kind of 
try to separate the defense from the offense. Right. That not let it come to the plate with him or vice versa. I mean, he wouldn't take his offense to the to the field because he's just so natural defensively. But the other way around, I see what you're saying. You know, yeah, definitely. He's had to, he, yeah. like I said, he's had to work. He's had to work at his batting because he was never a very good hitter. You know, only the past couple right. of years we've gotten to be good. You know. Well, you figure in 2018 he hit almost 300, somewhere at like 290s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I mean, in in that, you know, it's, it came in. He's comfortable. You know, he got comfortable there. He likes it. You know, and I think you know, like that probably goes for any player. The guys that you see to come in and and play well. You know, it's too like uh, like watching. I think that uh, that part of like what's his name, Bryce Harper's issues this year, and Manny Machado's issues this year, mm-hmm. moving to new teams, is that they had to to get in and get settled in, and yep. uh, different situations. And once you get in, it makes it easier. Some guys are just never going to hit, but some of these guys like Simmons, like. You know, we could probably go back and, you know, go through and find other players. But once they got comfortable there, once they got figured, you know, they figured it out, you know, they started hitting the ball and uh, and started being, you know, pretty consistent. Yeah, it is an adjustment period. I mean, you're moving. I mean, if you have a family, you're moving your family across country. You're doing this, you're doing that. You have to get I mean, I look at someone. I'm actually writing up a fantasy article about the catchers. And you look at someone like Yasmani Grandal. Now, he went to Milwaukee last year, had the one-year deal, and he played well, got himself a four-year contract over $70 million this year for the White Sox. But he's coming to a new team, a new league also. He's been in the National League his whole career. So he's coming to the American League, learning a new right. pitching staff on the defensive side as far as calling the game and everything like that. What is that going to take away from his offense? At least maybe the first month or two of the season until he gets kind of acclimated with everything. You never know. That's something, you know, like you said, that sometimes it takes these guys sometimes a little bit longer, you know, to adjust to everything. And a lot of the pitchers he's going to be facing, he either has never faced before, he's faced them once or twice in like interleague play. Right. So, yeah. Not only does he have to do the scouting and understand as a catcher catching a young staff with Dylan Cease and maybe Michael Kopech and Giolito and these guys over there, Ronaldo Lopez, you know, not only does he have to learn their stuff and how to call a game and the hitters in the American league, but on the offensive side of the ball, he has to learn the pitchers that he's going to be facing. So I think it's going to be a lot for him in the beginning. And I could foresee him having, having a little struggles at the plate, especially first month or two. But, he'll be or, looking for the first or, interleague, the first interleague game. He'll be like looking for that, circling that. This is where I get on pace, you know, yeah, <laughs> get yeah. on track here, because because then yep. he'll know something. But yeah, you're right, and you figure, you know, what, uh, how does this field play, uh, you know, when I hit the ball? Because that, that's been the big thing talking about around here, you know, with the with the trade with uh, Mookie Betts, was how's Mookie Betts? You know, yeah, we we know what he can do. <laughs> But how's he going to be away from Fenway? Can he hit doubles off the wall? Where's he going to Where's he going to hit to? You know, how's he going to play at Dodger Stadium? So any of these guys, they go to a new place. It's uh, you know, I think the same thing was said. If Alex Verdugo goes to Boston, he hit a lot of doubles for the Dodgers. He 
he'll be on if he goes on pace like he did a couple you know last year he'll hit like 900 doubles next season you know it was like you know that's the kind of crazy thing so how do these guys you know how do they get how do they do that you know and and you know we'll have to see that too how does uh rendon um you know uh, adjust to playing in anaheim versus what he's used to you know in in washington um and the same thing see and I think obviously it's going to be different. Like you were talking about with Yasmani, he's, he's got double the responsibility because not only is he learning his pitchers, he's learning a whole new league of pitchers, you know, minus whoever he may have, have, um, you know, seen before, Um, you know, Rendon's just got to come in and, and figure out, you know, it's not going to take him long to figure it out. Um, But on any of them, how does, when I hit the ball, you know, when I pull it, how does it, how does it play here in Anaheim versus, and for him, how does it play in any American league park? Um, Especially, you know, luckily for him, he's used to Houston. He knows, I mean, you know, not that Houston's hard to hit home runs, in, but you know, he saw that he saw them in the world series, but you figure you play, you know, those teams in your division 19 times each. Um, How's it play? You know, the one thing that he'll have to do, everybody will have to do this season is figure out what it takes to, you know, how how the new uh, Ranger Stadium hits when they're in Arlington. Yeah. yeah. But Jock, Jock's played enough times in Anaheim. I think he'll have a clue. But Yeah, that's right. You, you guys played each other enough every year you guys play. So Yeah, you got the freeway series to start. Um, and then, you know, one series, uh, you know, a home and away during the uh, during the season for Interlake. This year will be kind of interesting because uh, Angels and Dodgers play um, right before the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. And they they just play Friday, Saturday. There's no Sunday game. OK. Right before the All-Star game. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of those series that I think and I think just about everybody has one of those where they're just playing Friday, Saturday series. And I think it's all interleague connected. And then, you know, for whatever reason, uh, then they get an extra day off somewhere instead of, uh, instead of doing a full weekend series. The schedule has gotten weird over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I noticed yeah, things yes. It used to be, it used to be Mondays and Thursdays with travel days. So you'd have like the short schedule on a Monday, a short schedule on a Thursday for whoever was traveling to the next city or whatever. Right now you get you get random Wednesdays off, <laughs> like someone will have a Friday off. Like it's it's gotten strange. The yeah, whole schedule league wide. I'm not just talking about like you know the Angels Dodgers, but I'm talking about league wide. It's just weird seeing that that not well, everyone playing Friday, like Friday was. was uh... like, yeah, that's exactly you're right. It's exactly right. There was a couple times this last season where um, I noticed that uh, that a weekend series was like uh, they did a four gamer uh, Friday through Monday, and uh, and at first I thought, oh, was that just like you know those guys get needed a make up because of a snow day early in the season or something like that? Like, no, nah, that's how it was on the schedule. Uh, yeah, like, and they'll give them Tuesday off. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just strange. It's like, yeah, I don't know. You know what it is? I think it's because they're starting the season earlier now. Because now the season starts in March. I mean, March right. 26th, you know, we're starting the season. 
And I think because there's a couple extra off days built into the regular season now, I believe they a couple years ago they went from, I think it was like 14 off days to 17 off days or something like that. So I think just however they managed it, but I just there's just random off days for two teams. Like like I said, like two teams on a Wednesday will be off, like for <laughs> almost for no reason. You know what I mean? Just yeah. It was never like that, but you know, it is what it is. They all play 162 at the end of the day, so yeah, yeah that's that's for sure. And you know, it's not like uh, it's not like you know the. I get it when you know certain things the way they line things up so that way certain games can happen. But you know, usually with the way it always was before, you didn't have to worry about that. Okay, everybody's going to do this, and then there's going to be a Tuesday game, so somebody can play Wednesday through, you know, or or whatever. You know, I get like when the NBA has, you know, okay, you're going to play two games this week. Next week, you're only going to play one because we got to line you up to do this trip over here. Right. With the, you know, baseball. And and then some of the times when they go through, like, I think there was one time frame, you know, and I'm sure every team probably went through it. But I remember seeing like the Dodgers and the Angels at different times go through like a 25 day period. They play almost a full month without a day off. Um. And it's like you couldn't have worked in a, an off day somewhere in there and just push that game somewhere else. So that way, you know, these guys get get that one travel day. You know? And then by the time you're done with that, you're you're you can barely you know walk. You can see it taking its toll, you know, on some of these teams, especially the teams like the Angels, who, you know, are struggling uh, to field the team some nights. Because you got you get, you got no pitchers or or your guys are are down with little nagging injuries. Well, that's the thing too. They'll have these stretches, and like you said, like I think each team went through them. Like you get like you know eighteen days in a row, nineteen days in a row where you play, and then the next two weeks they have like four days off over the next two weeks. Like you couldn't have mixed it in a little better, right? <laughs> like, exactly. You know, gotta you know you're gonna give us days off. Well, let's kind of spread them out. Let's not make it all, you know, bunched together. But I don't know. However they do that, I'm sure they put the schedule in some kind of program that, like, figures it out. Because I can't imagine, like, a couple guys, like, sitting down figuring out 30-team schedules and travel and days off and everything through the course of six months. <laughs> right, I'm yeah. sure it's a program that generates it, you know. Yeah, but, you know, you go back and you look through it and go, well, I mean, I get it, but – You've been doing it for how many years? Yeah. You know, it's always 162 games. And, yeah. you know, I, I got a little bit like with that Sunday off right before the uh, before the All-Star game. I thought, OK, well, it's Dodgers Angels, two games. We don't need that. And then and then they're and then nobody's playing on Sunday so they can start getting everything ready for, you know, the All-Star game uh, right. since. But, you know, couldn't you have just scheduled it and had them play that series in Anaheim and then nothing's happened at Dodger Stadium, so you got a full week, you know. Um, but that yeah. one I kind of figured out. But some are, like I said, you know, you, let's, let's, let's start figuring this out a little better so that way nobody's playing, you know. There's, there's enough baseball to go around. We're not going to miss our team if, uh, if they don't play on a Monday or a Thursday. And all we'll have to do is deal with uh, All-Star Weekend, and right about that time frame, pitchers and catchers will be reporting. So, Yeah. 
next yeah. week. Pitches and catches. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So that's that's, that's the thing too. Pretty like, awesome. Living up here in the Northeast. I mean, you have the luxury of living in California where you get nice weather all year round. Mm-hmm. Living up here in the Northeast, as I've done my whole life, it's like cold up here, snowy, although we've had a mild winter. Yeah. But I mean, when pitchers and catchers report, once the Super Bowl's over, you get that two weeks, and then a pitchers and catchers report, and you see Arizona and Florida, and it's like 70 degrees, nice green grass. It's like, oh, spring's coming. So. That gets me excited too. Not Get just y'all. The baseball, but the weather itself, it's like, oop, it's about a month or two away. <laughs> nice. Something to look forward to. Exactly. Exactly. Anything else? Are we good? I, yeah, that was a long time we were on there. But. Yeah, we were we were going for yeah. a while. I wasn't sure because I had when uh when you, you asked me if I, you know, was uh was up to doing this, I was like, Yeah, so I went back. I think I listened I listened to most of the Padres, the one you guys did with the Padres, and then a little bit of another one, and then I got busy doing something. And I was like, well, okay, about how long is it going to take? And I couldn't tell if, you know, it was just like, hey, you go back and edit it off of a long conversation or what. So, yeah, sometimes it's like we go for a while, and then other times it's kind of, we kind of just go quick. But sometimes we just start rambling on about random shit and then it's like <laughs> I cut it down from like the one night I cut it down from like three and a half hours <coughs> wow because I cut I think I just cut like the last hour out though so that was fun for the last yeah and then the first half hour or something like that well we we definitely did some random stuff but uh yeah this was fun I'm I'm glad you uh we we worked this out so that uh yeah we do this I uh I have to tell you, this this will be my uh, my my debut podcast. Thanks. I uh, I you know I did um, I did uh, I was in radio for about seven years, mostly you know was just mostly a music uh, jock. Did uh, sports talk for a little while, um, but that was all in the days before podcast and um and all that if i was still doing that i probably would be knee deep into it but tons of fun yeah great conversation man definitely well i enjoyed it if you ever uh you ever want me again just let just message me and i'm more than happy to ramble on with you guys yeah 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 we'll definitely be touching base during the season i'm sure all right, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll catch up, see what's uh, going on. And hopefully this is going to be, you know, uh, you know, an unforgettable season with uh, with the movement that's that's happened right. uh with uh, you know, you know, I mean, there's still going to be the teams that aren't going to go anywhere. We're not going to see the Marlins or the Orioles in the uh, World Series, I don't think. But uh Are you sure about that? Uh, I'm Rangers. My- <laughs> yeah. Well, my money's on the Tigers. There. <laughs> well, there you go. Right. Yeah. Forgot about the Tigers. Ah. Oh. You know, here I thought the up. Angels the Angels had a chance, and now you bring up the Tigers. Matthew Cy Young. Lock it up now. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel Cabrera, Fountain of Youth, MVP again. Yeah. Triple Is he gonna get another triple crown? Yeah, yeah right. Could you imagine that? Well, that would be crazy if he got another oh. one. <laughs> I, you know, I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if we never saw another triple crown winner. Yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, although I, I wouldn't be saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Trout yeah. was one because he was he was pretty close. It, you know, if he'd have stayed healthy last year, you know, he he might have got up there and got those numbers. He definitely would have broke uh, fifty home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, if Trout, see, if Trout had more RBI opportunities, I think he would challenge it every year. Yeah, just, this year, batting second with no true leadoff hitter. He's that he, you know, he drives it. How many RBI did he have last year? Eighty-five. I mean, he's never gonna. He's never going to be a guy that drives in 120, 130. No. Unless, you know, well, things. you know, depends on what happens this year since, uh, you know, things are things are kind of changing up. He's got some guys. David Fletcher can get on base. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Shohei is getting on. You know, you never know. Um, well, not so much Shohei, but the bottom part of the order. They're getting on and him coming up second usually. Um, he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna get on base. So you're gonna see like Rendon uh, yeah. gonna get his numbers. I know Tommy. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the thing with Trout. He's such a good hitter that I just don't think the opportunities are there for him to drive in runs. <clears throat> I think with the average in home runs, I think Trout is still he still hasn't had his best year yet. No, I don't I think, think so either. He's going uh, a Bonds type year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Without the juice. It's just going to all fall together for him. And he's going to hit like 360 with like 55 home runs, like a 580 on base percent. Like if something's going to happen, it's just has that season, that one season that like is just defines his career right there. Yeah. Kind of like Bonds yeah. back in like 2000, like 2004, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's going to happen. Last year, uh, Trout had 104 ribbies. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So, you know, he's – people are getting on base, and he was, you know, but, you know, 45 of those were, were him. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that was how many home runs he hit. So, you know, he – almost half of his, of his total was because he hit himself in. Right. So. Yeah. About three times as many RBIs as home runs, I think, to, to challenge for a triple crown. So, I mean, if you get a 50 home runs and drive in 150, <laughs> I think you have a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if there's anybody out there right now, I mean, and there's a lot of guys that are coming up, who knows? But he's he's one of the guys I think, you know, I wouldn't put it past that he might be able to make that happen, you know. Yeah, him and know. maybe Aaron Judge and a couple other guys. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, all right. I will let you fellas get on. I'll let you get back and get that uh, that article done for uh, the catchers and uh, and whatever else you guys are doing. Yeah, I work on that. Yeah, I have to work on editing this podcast, and I have. I have a bunch of other ones to edit that I haven't done yet. All right. Well, if you need anything else, just message me. Let me know if you need any information on anything or got any questions. Cool. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Nice talking to you, man. Yeah, it's nice chatting with you.
Yeah. All right. Have a good night, guys. You too. Good night. All right.